So my cousin told me this great story about his boss once. Yeah, this is a former boss. Okay. And the boss and his wife, the boss's wife, went fishing one day. And it was like, finally, they're break. They're out on the lake. And apparently, this guy's on his phone all the time. Well, sure yeah. enough, the phone rings on the boat and he picks it up. And this is like their first breakaway in like forever. Hey, yeah. she reaches over, she grabs the phone and she just hocks it out into the lake. <laughs> wow. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 98, and we're going to be talking about how phone addiction is impacting marriages. Now, I don't think that guy ended up throwing his wife in the lake behind the phone, but. What? <laughs> I was just thinking that was such a smart wife. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was probably like a nice new Blackberry, which like people probably liked to have back then. Uh, yeah. But he was like taking his wife out on the lake. You're right. Thank You're you. Right. So let's, let's move into this because this may even be an issue in our own marriage. Right. So last week, Verlinda, we talked about the very interesting question, do opposites attract? And, you know, what are the implications for marriage if... You guys are opposites and you're, or if you're very similar. And if you're new to our podcast, make sure you check out that episode. It was a good one. But back to today's show on phone addiction, I think what's going to be challenging about this is that we do struggle with this issue as much as the next couple does, mm-hmm. especially you. Uh, <laughs> not even close. We argue about who struggles with this issue. We do. We yes. disagree. All right. So what do we know about phone addiction? Well, the research is just starting to come out on this because the sort of the prevalence of Mobile phones is relatively recent, even though yeah. some of our young art listeners may not remember a world without them. But the whole concept of how it can be an addiction and how that's impacting our life, that's just starting to be documented and researched. Mm-hmm. And so that's I what we want I remember our very first cell phone. You got it for me for Christmas. Yeah. It's like a little kind of brick-like thing. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. Sorry. I don't think our teenage daughter would think it was cute anymore, though. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So sorry, totally just yeah, that's blew you fine. out of the water. So let's start, Verlinda, just looking at how this impacts lives beyond the convenience that the phones provide. Okay, because we both have phones, we yes. use them. They are convenient. Yes. They're helpful. There's good things about them, but we want to look at the, the the part that people are just starting to talk about. So our research assistant Esther pointed out one journal article that was a literature review, which means it's a search of many different journal articles looking at problematic cell phone use. And his conclusion was that mobile phone use may become uncontrolled or excessive, and that can impact daily living. And he pointed out evidence to show a behavioral addiction is possible, and that this would indeed impact social, familial, and professional life. So in that study, he noted that there's three typical areas of problems. Number one is just what he called dangerous use, which is the tendency to use the mobile phone while driving, as an example. Oh, okay. So that's problematic. That's, no surprises. Yeah. Prohibited use, which is the tendency to use the mobile phone in banned places. Yeah. Like at the doctor's office when they say no cell phone use. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, my appointment's half an hour late. Why am I going to sit here doing nothing? Right. But it's still prohibited. Yeah, not that And I that's would technically problematic, that. right? Mm-hmm. Dependence symptoms was the third one, which is loss of control Negative affects in situations in which the use of the phone is not possible or not allowed. Negative affect is about emotion. Oh, Negative emotion. So you're actually experiencing anxiety and people are actually losing it a little bit if they can't use their phone. This happens. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, this is really interesting because another study connected mobile phone addiction with additional qualities found in substance abuse. Oh. Yeah. Including tolerance. So that's a common feature of substance abuse, which means the increasing frequency and duration of cell phone use to obtain the same level of psychological satisfaction as earlier. So you need to use it more to to feel as good. Yeah. Just like it's more dope to get more buzz, right? Yeah. Withdrawal. Feelings of nervousness and anxiety went away from one's cell phone or when unable to use it. Yeah, that makes sense. And that looks like using the cell phone to escape other problems or negative consequences in all areas of life. You know what I mean? So I'm uncomfortable, I'm nervous, whatever. I'm just going to go kind of withdraw and park on my phone for for a little Mm -hmm. bit here, right? Well, we had a boarder that lived with us, remember? And whenever anything got a little awkward, it became a joke. It'd be like, cell phone, and she'd get out her cell phone. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Financial problems. And that can be, there's noticing that there are some people that use the mobile phone to the extent where it incurs enormous charges and it creates financial issues for the individual. This tends to show up more in like those little games where like for a buck, you can buy 90 coins and kind of get to the next level kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And that's serious too, right? So we look at the financial problems, the withdrawal, the tolerance. These are features of addictions that we're all already familiar with. And now they're showing up with phone use. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I'm saying, hey, phone addiction is the new alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a thought. 15 years ago, when I was a young adult, the big tobacco lawsuits were going down. And people were saying, hey, you knew this would cause cancer. They're saying this to the tobacco companies. You knew this would cause cancer and you still marketed it like crazy. So I just had the thought as I was pulling the show content together. Would it be conceivable that we're going to come to a day when Apple and maybe Samsung and, and BlackBerry, if they're still around, they're going to go through the same kind of lawsuits? You knew oh. that distracted driving was a problem, but you never programmed your phones to do anything about it. I don't know. That's just me speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Verlinda, let's talk about who tends to develop mobile phone addictions. This may be a little bit touchy. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to do this episode. All right. Studies show that women use mobile phones more than men. I like these studies. This is why I love research. It just states facts. Anyways. Uh, especially when it comes to text messaging. I, yeah. You agree with that? Yeah. I, I agree with that too. That's just because just women talk more too. Okay. That's a different episode. <laughs> no, this is just <laughs> a continuation of that. Okay. Others, I'm just dismissing you. Other studies have found that women are more prone to experience dependence on the mobile phone while men have a greater tendency to use the mobile phone while driving. Oh, this is what I love about research. It just states facts. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Problematic mobile phone use has been associated with personality areas like neuroticism, which is the tendency to be emotionally unstable. (laughs) Excuse me. And (laughs) that was intentional. And extroversion, which is the tendency to be sociable. What? Unimaginable. Uh, It has also been associated with the trait of impulsivity. But that has nothing to do with phone use. That was defensive. So I just, all I'm saying here is based on our personality characteristics, some of us are going to have to be extra cautious. Why are you enjoying this episode so much? I don't know. So this is about, again, I'm dismissing you. (laughs) This is about cell phone use generally. Now just note, Verlin, I haven't used the word spouse really yet because this isn't marriage research. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just want to be honest and upfront about that. But we do have a study that looks at the impact of internet use on marriage. And I think that it's not unreasonable to extrapolate from internet use to phone use. So just stay with me here. See what what you think. Okay. Okay. 
So Kerhoff and Finkenauer, in 2008, they looked at a study of 199 newlywed couples. They've been married an average of one month. Mm-hmm. And they just looked at everything related to sort of the frequency of internet use, whether they had compulsive internet behaviors and relationship factors such as loneliness, passion, intimacy, and commitment. They're really trying to get a broad sense of how internet use might be impacting marriages. And what they found is that frequent and compulsive internet use is associated with several indicators of low relationship quality. Both husbands and wives pointed that out. There was no gender differences. And couples also reported lower intimacy when they used the internet frequently and compulsively. Wow. So husbands in particular reported less passion in the relationship and wives reported more loneliness. And this is really serious. And I think our smartphones, you know, they're internet enabled devices. Yeah. So I'm assuming now in our world, they're part of this problem. And if you stop and think about it, it's really horrible that it's having this impact on our marriages, that there's more loneliness and there's mm-hmm. less passion. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking of a conversation I had with somebody and she was saying, oh yeah, we went to bed early, but then, you know, we looked up this on the internet and then we looked up that and, and then it was like super late. Yeah. You know, we're talking like three hours. Wow. And well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, there's like what's going on as a couple at that point. Yes. And maybe they had legitimate stuff that they really had to do. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not the best reason I can think of for going to bed early on a marriage podcast. Yeah. And what you could be doing in bed instead of sitting on your laptops, checking out stuff on amazon.com or whatever. Right. Yeah. But that's what I'm just saying. That had an impact that night on their marriage. Yeah. Hmm. And that's what I think this is. It's a challenge to put our phones down, get off our laptops or our tablets and engage, be human, like relate, show some passion. Yeah. Develop your sense of togetherness. Those are good things. Yes. All right. All right. Now, now, so that's computer use, you know, big red X, whatever, right? Or when it's excessive. Right. Okay. Yep. Like we rely on computers for this business very much so. Yep. So we're talking about excessiveness, but I want to go from computer to mobile phone, okay? Because there was a little bit of research that suggests that mobile phone usage causes more relational issues than the use of other forms of technology. So going to a phone doesn't make things better. It can make things worse. Oh. So I'm just kind of moving our thought pattern through the research that we do have, okay? Okay. So this used data taken from what was called the Cornell Couples and Career Study to look at how cell phone use was impacting family dynamics. And here's what they found, that cell phone use over time is associated with negative work family and family work spillover. This is just the balance of life between work and family. So the two domains are kind of crossing over in a way that people are not happy about. Because work is always with you kind of thing. Yeah, because now you have that email and the contact ability on your phone. Whereas 20 years ago, People didn't have your home phone number. They couldn't get you after five or six or whatever. Right. Now they can. Oh, yep. They also found that cell phone use is associated with increased psychological distress. Oh. And they found that cell phone use is associated with lower family satisfaction. They did not find the same results for computer use. And I just think it's because we're that much more connected with the phone, whereas the computer you have to go sit at, turn on or or flip the lid up and log in or something, but right? I wonder too, if like the computer, people can see what you're doing at the computer, whereas the phone is very secretive. Like no one knows that you're working on your phone. You know what I mean? You could be yes. doing whatever. And I think that creates a little bit more anxiety or distress. How so? I think you're onto something, so keep going. Just because um, 
of being unsure what you're doing. Like if I know if I walk in and you're on your laptop and I can see you're on work email, it might be like, oh man, but whatever. Yeah. But if I walk in and I see you're on your phone and you know, you turn your phone off when I come over, maybe to give me attention. Yep. I don't know what you were doing on your phone. And what about the uncertainty though? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's is uncertainty. uncertainty. Yeah. And that's an issue. Yeah. I but think that would cause, I think that I that's wonder a if source that's, of psychological distress. Yeah. And that's a reason why the same results were not found for computer use. Why phones were just that little bit right. more elusive and secretive. Right. Right. So. Sorry. I, did I sideline you again? Not at all. Like okay. we've painted the picture, right? And that's like a relatable story. This is real. Yeah. So the question is though, what should a couple do about phone addiction? Okay. Mm. So first step is determine if you have one. Denial is the first step to recovery. Mm. I think that's how they say that. Denial? <laughs> no, that's totally not. You, don't, right. you had me going there. I did. So you guys can argue about who is more addicted to their phones. Like you guys as in our listeners, just like we like do. You. <laughs> yeah. Like you. Like I do. Like we do for Linda. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or we can email you a questionnaire. It's 25 items long. Each of you can fill it out and then you can talk about who has the phone addiction and what to do about that. So you can get that off our blog post for this episode at oyf.link slash 98, or you can just send a message to 9292 spouse. Text message. Text message. Yep. With the word podcast in that message, message and data rates may apply. And so once again, if you want it off the internet, just open your browser to oyf.link slash 98. Or if you want to do this from your cell phone, hmm, there's some irony there. Yeah. Just send a text message to 9292 spouse and put the word podcast in the body of the message. That's all you need to do. Anyways, it's a little ironic that I'm encouraging cell phone use in a show where you're possibly listening to on your phone and I'm trying to talk you out of it. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> here's something useful to consider because we have to be pragmatic about this. It's from another study in 2012, Pragmatic. Right? Is that like practical? Yes, down to earth, except in our language, of course. So this, this researcher emphasized that there's a difference between heavy use of a mobile phone and compulsive or problematic use of a mobile phone. Oh, see, that's it right there. Yeah, so I'm addictive and you're a heavy user, of course. <laughs> so some individuals are required to use their phone all day long for work and other purposes. Yep. And may not be addicted even though they use their phone as often as someone else who is addicted. Okay, that makes sense. So get that download we just offered. And then when you have that figured out, if there is a possible addiction or at least a problem going on, have a chat about these ideas and see if they can be helpful to you. But just note that there's a difference between heavy use and compulsive use. Okay. Okay. And so what what we want you to do here is to go through a little bit of an exercise and we're going to do this ourselves live in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But this is from an article where the researcher discussed the diagnosis and treatment of internet addiction, which can include various activities enacted on a mobile phone, like texting, email, gaming, use of chat rooms, social media on the phone. Okay. Okay. So the first thing to do was to determine your baseline usage. And if you really want to take this seriously, like if you think it's an issue and you want to get down to, down to, to nuts and bolts on this, begin filling out a daily mobile phone log, which details the frequency of your use the times you're using it, and what you're using the phone for each time. What that does is that you don't change your cell phone use, you just record what you're actually doing. Right. And that gives you a visual picture of how severe your addiction is, if that's what it is, 
And that can become the basis for moving forward. So there's no better way to assess what's happening than to actually write it down for a day or two. Okay. Second step is start looking for the triggers for your use. And that means just watch your internal world and begin to monitor thoughts or situations that happen or stressors that tend to precede the overuse of your mobile phone. So what triggers you to pick up your phone? Yes. Okay. What happened just before you pick up your phone? This is critical. I know that I tend to grab my phone in the context of social ambiguity. What is like you're feeling a little insecure? Yeah, insecure. I'm not sure what's going on or I don't know what to do or what to say. So I'll just get on the phone. Right. Because now I'm doing something. Yeah. And so just think about why you pick your phone up. Are you actually doing something or is it just filling in a blank? Or is it somehow reducing anxiety for you? Mm -hmm. So that's an example of how I do it to reduce anxiety. Do you know what I find is that I pick up my phone to do something intentional? Yeah. And then I get distracted Mm. with like three different things because, you know, something's dinged, have a notification come in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like half an hour later, I'm like, oh, what was I even doing? Yeah. And that's the convenience thing. Like you feel obliged to clear those little red icons that have the number in them. Yeah. But you can turn those suckers off and then they're not Mm. running your life. That's Mm. the weird thing here is this comes in as convenience and helpfulness. Like I, there's some things I want to know about when they happen, Yeah. but then those things start to run me instead of me running them. And that's where we need to manage the phone and the alerts we get. Yeah. So the third step is to determine a plan for moderate and controlled use of the mobile phone. So as a couple, come up with a plan for what you believe would be a moderate use of your phone. When is it okay to use it? Mm-hmm. When is it not okay to use it? What kinds of uses are okay at what times? Like, it doesn't mean you can't ever game on your phone. We don't really do this. But maybe if that's something you like to do as a couple, you pick a half an hour or two hours or whatever is workable for both of you Yeah. on this day of the week or this regular time each night. And that's what you do. Right. And you agree that that's okay. And then you put the phones down after that and you interact. Mm, Okay. Are there any times when use of phones should be completely off limit? That's a question to ask. Yes. How will you know when your use has moved from moderate to out of control? That's another question Mm, to ask. Okay. So, and this is where you can get really practical. Like for us, I think one of the big things that's helped us is we have our charging station in the kitchen. Yes. And we use different alarm clocks in our bedroom. Yeah. So we don't, you know, we were checking phone phones right before we went to sleep. Or even like the alarm would go and, and it was on the cell phone and up. you pick it up and you immediately check And 20 minutes and, later, you're still in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So That's just moving help. them out there has helped us take control of our yeah. mornings. And do you know what I like about that? What? This isn't really marriage related, but it just means our teenage daughter who now has a cell phone plugs her cell phone in up there and yes. doesn't use it in her bedroom. That's just normal for her. Yeah. And there's not two standards. Yeah. Between parents and kids. Yeah. Okay. Sidebar. So what we're going to do. Oh, Caleb. We're 19 minutes into this night. We've never done this before on a show, but we're going to try it today. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're going to pause the recording Uh and I'm not sure how it's going to work, but we're going to try doing these three steps our lives. So we're going to stop. We're going to do the actual worksheet that you folks can find on this episode. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to come back on. We're going to talk about our triggers and see if we can improve our plan. Oh, Caleb. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's turn it off and do the worksheet. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. There are no messages. Just hold on. Okay, we're back. Mm-hmm. is uptight. I think that's because she has a guilty conscience. <laughs> I think you should go first. Okay. What was your score? 81. Are you serious? Yeah. That was like, that could not be accurate. What was yours? 
129. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're just over the threshold into a mild mobile I phone know. addiction. I okay. Think... So here's what I, I scored uh, above a five on. Okay. I used my mobile phone to make myself feel better when I was feeling down. What did you score? Seven. I scored a nine. Huh. I feel anxious if I've not checked for messages or switched on my mobile phone for some time. Uh, 13. Oh, see, that's not Seven. a biggie for me. Huh. Okay. 15. My friends and family complain about my use of the mobile phone. I put an eight there because you're you actually the only person. 10. Oh, see, I, only, I put a six because you're the only person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only worth a six. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> if I don't have a mobile phone, my friends would find it hard to get in touch with me. That's eight. That's true. I give that an eight. That's number 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that wasn't a big deal for me. That's funny. 20, there are times when I'd rather use the mobile phone than deal with other more pressing issues. Six. But I kind of get sick of my phone too. Oh, I gave myself a 10 for that. Okay. Like, you know, would I rather, you know, dust or get in touch with someone? Yeah. 23. Mm -hmm. I've been, well, here's the other thing is you're more extroverted than I am too, which remember that plays an influencing role from the start of our podcast. Right. Because it means I'm neurotic. Yeah. No, (laughs) No, that was separate. Not going there. <laughs> I've been told that I spend too much time on my mobile phone. Mm-hmm. I only gave you a seven on that one. Oh, I gave you a nine. <laughs> I feel lost without my mobile phone. Oh, that's not a big Eight. deal for me. Yeah, like if I don't have it, I'm like, I feel underdressed. Yeah. How about you? What did you have different ones that you scored high on? Uh, yeah, like most of them. You couldn't have because this. I mean, your total could be as high as. Uh, yeah, but I gave myself one. Two hundred and fifty. I gave myself ones too, but. I'm just like I find myself ones. occupied on my mobile phone when I should be doing other things. Yeah. And it causes problems. Yeah. yeah. I've tried to hide from others how much I spend on my mobile phone. Oh. Like, <laughs> when you walk busted. out in the kitchen, I'm like, turn it off real quick and pretend I'm doing something in the microwave. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, there's times when I sit in here and it's like really, really quiet <laughs> out there. <laughs> Caleb. And I want to sneak out. I just get a wah. That's not even funny. I'm probably like filling out forms or something i know well that's the thing is you were doing it once or you were all quiet once yeah. and i went out there and you were working on a podcast and i felt really bad so oh, i would done it so. i can't believe you thought badly of me <laughs> well you just admitted to it so obviously i'm not too i've attempted on. to spend less time on my mobile phone but i'm unable to huh. like sometimes i'm sure like you know what? i am not going on the phone before the girls leave for school right and you might and then next thing you know i'm on the phone like really yeah my productivity has decreased as a direct result of the time I spend on the mobile phone. Yep. I find myself engaged on the mobile phone for longer periods of time than intended. I kind of talked about that already. Like I yeah. get on for something and half an hour yeah. later, I'm still on. I think the key to that though is notifications, turning them off. Yeah, I might need to do that. Yeah. And then there are times when I'd rather use the mobile phone than deal with more pressing issues. I already talked about that too. Yeah. Cool. So those are my like eights, nines, and tens. Okay. I can't believe I just shared that. I was very honest of you. Yeah. So okay, let's so the talk next about. Point. Yeah, so determining, we don't have time to do our baseline usage on this podcast because you have to write stuff down for two days. But it'll be an awfully long podcast. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Sorry. every 50 minutes. Like, <laughs> I just picked my phone up again. Let's talk about triggers. We already mentioned this a little bit, so I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. And then we can. But notifications is a big one for me. Okay. And do you know what I find another one for me is when I'm feeling like a little bit lost, like I'm looking for an answer for something. Yeah. I continually check email Hmm. and I kind of think like, really is an answer going to come into my email saying like, you need to do this or you need to make this decision or this is God. Yeah. I thought I'd shoot you a note. Yeah. Yeah. Or even I'll check Facebook over and over hoping that a new post will pop up because I've seen the last ones 500 times already. Yeah. 
So okay. that's a trigger for me. Yeah. How about you? Well, I think the social ambiguity is one of the biggest ones I've noticed. Like if I don't know what to do or what I'm doing, I'll get on the phone. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a fairly common one, but I, what else do you see me doing? Um, just standing there going through. Oh, you read so many articles on your phone. Not that that's a sore point. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to watch that for a trigger, but I think I like to stay educated and read like it's part of who I am. Uh, yeah. Which, but, but I'll have to watch for when I do that. Yeah. Okay. Cause I'll find like, sometimes the girls are talking to you and you don't even notice. Well, it's no good. Yeah. So then I usually point it out. I usually <laughs> clear my throat actually. <clears throat> yeah. You have a very distinctive throat clear. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's come up with a plan for a moderate use of our phone. Just quickly here. Okay. Again, for the sake of time, uh, just give folks a sample of how they might work this out. So like we usually check before we go to bed or start our going to bed routine. Yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah. But do you know what I noticed we do? What? Is that if we've been out for a few hours with people or at church or whatever, we come home. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, girls, you know, get your jammies on or yeah. get a snack, whatever. And then both of us are on our phone. Totally checked out. Totally checked out to what's going yeah. on. And I don't think that's good. So what should we do differently? Um, I don't know. Should we not? turn our phones on until the girls go to bed and we've said yeah, good night and just stay engaged. Yeah. Stay engaged with them. Yeah. We can try that, but they're kind of doing their own thing through parts of that too. They are. Cause they're, but then the problem is that the only time they see us when they come out of like, yeah, we're both engrossed. We're like lost. Yeah. Whereas I'd rather be interacting with each other at that point even. Okay. Cause then they can see healthy interaction. Okay. So let's find a different time to do that. Yeah. Okay, so that's one example. How would we know when we're getting a little out of control? Like right now, we just tend to razz each other. Yeah. Which I don't think is terribly useful. No, but it does prick the conscience a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, how do I know if, if, if you need more from me just that day and I just picked it up and it was a random sort of coincidence or if I'm actually like starting to get a little more hooked again than I should be? Oh, okay. That's I don't know. That's the question. Do you have an answer? Um, not sure, but I think I think the thing that what might it be a better approach than razzing each other is to ask how we're doing. Just like I see you on your cell phone quite a bit today. Yeah. Like, how are you doing? Okay. Are you anxious about something or or sometimes it's just because I'm lonely and yeah. feel like you're out of bounds. Yeah, almost. So then let's stop and connect and take care of that. Mm. Okay. So that's a good deal. Yeah. I think for the sake of time, we should wrap it up. Oh, okay. We're at 27.57 here before it gets edited. Okay. All right, folks. So hopefully that just gives you a little bit of a taste of how you can have this conversation with your wife and make sure you give her a little bit of a hard time when you're doing it because she needs it. And nice try. <laughs> make sure you be nice to her because, you know, maybe she's lonely. Maybe you've been neglecting her. And so she's had to turn to her phone. Okay, if you could have said that with a tear <laughs> in your eye, it would have been more convincing. But yeah. There's some truth to that. Maybe some people like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can totally yeah. relate. Rolanda, <laughs> get off it. Okay. Sorry. What you're saying is true that that could be a possibility. Yeah. I'm just saying for us, you've got far too much of a smirk on your face to make it convincing <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe we're having another discussion after this podcast. <laughs> All right. So that's all for today. Remember, you can get that uh, 
what do I call that thing? Worksheet. Questionnaire. Questionnaire. It's 25 items long. Good questions on it. You can get that off of our blog post for this episode at oif.link slash 98. Or you can send a text message to 9292 spouse. Just put the word podcast in the body of your text message. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, we want to shout out a th- huge thank you to those who left us iTunes reviews this week. It says, great for any marriage. Five stars by A. Porter from the States. Caleb and Verlinda give useful, practical, and effective advice and insight into marital situations in an intelligent, inviting manner. Their desire to communicate clearly to listeners without speaking down to us is apparent, as well as genuine affection for each other. Verlinda's laugh makes my day. Me too. I'm starting to get like, I don't know what. A complex. Yep. No, don't get a complex. And I often stockpile podcasts I've previously listened to for long drives or onerous tasks. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. So thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate it. If you're listening today and you want to get involved in this awesome mission to help save marriages through our podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. So we want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast. That's our goal at this point in time. And we can't do that without your help. And for even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. Please go to oyf.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. That URL, once again, is oyf.link slash give. Next week, we're talking about making time for each other. This comes up again and again for our listeners. And we want to give you some concrete, actionable ideas to help you find more time and also to enjoy that time more. Oh, find more time or make more time. Oh, you're giving it away. Oh, I haven't read it yet. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 98. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.